Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Happy Lent. <laughs> Happy Lent. May your Lent be light. May your Lent be light and happy. May your happy be Lent. So where in the world is uh, Father Paul Bechter? Have you been traveling any, mm. doing any other trips? What have I been doing? <laughs> That's what I ask Man, myself I, all the time. I feel like I get such tunnel vision. It's uh, And just days pass, and then I'm like, yeah, it's still Friday. Wait, no, it's Tuesday of the next week. <laughs> um, I've helped out at some retreats lately. We had nice. a young adult retreat through St. Anne, which I thought was awesome, and it was it's down great. in like Cedar Hill. Montserrat? There. No. No? It wasn't at Montserrat? No, Montserrat's north, Cedar uh, Hill south. There you go. This was at Mount Lebanon. That's what a I common thought. Common mistake. Same thing. <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, so it was this weekend and doing some stuff. Spring break, first spring break as a vocation director is kind of weird. It made me realize how much of my um, ministry, just the, the conversations with discerners and stuff, is linked to the school year because everyone yeah. just went off the grid. <laughs> like last week was right. was weirdly light and i know it was a crazy week for you so i don't want to rub it in but um <laughs> <laughs> but last week it, it was very straight i was like man i kind of kind of like this it's not so working bad. yeah yeah <laughs> like i set up my office a little bit i hung some pictures how long have you been in the office <laughs> uh, seven eight months. just just starting how to set up set some boxes yeah. Shout out Mary Chapman. Thank, Thank you, you for Mary. helping. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Couldn't have done it without you. Um You yeah. find you find the picture that Fran drew you yet? I did actually. Did you? I searched so long yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was my day off, and I devoted my day off to hunting down this picture that Fran drew me that I when swore she I was would like keep in two until... years old or something. <laughs> yeah. It's it's incredible. I think it's gonna be worth a lot of money someday, but also I made a solemn promise to keep it until one day I celebrate her marriage. Is that what you said? Or her entry into the convent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just add that in or did you? Same, same thing. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I'll I found take, it. I'll take either. Very excited. Actually, I'll take the entry to the convent because it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. On the film. <laughs> Youth ministry lifestyle. So, um, That's right. You, uh, you reading anything during Lent? I wish, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I were reading more. I started reading a book called The Intellectual Life by A.G. Sertiange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read it before, but it was a really, it was like a pump up book. Like I, I read the preface again and the foreword and started getting into the book in order to convince myself that it was worth the time to set, <laughs> to prioritize reading. Uh, it kind of worked. I don't know. We'll see. We, uh, I'm part of a married, uh, like community group, and the guys in it are, uh, reading this Born of, Fa- Born of Fire by Father Innocent Montgomery, CFR. Um, so mm. it's like a Lenten journey thing. Um, I'll be honest with 
craziness of houses and stuff like that i haven't got in i'm I'm not as caught up it's kind of like doing the bible in the year and you're on day like 45 and you're supposed to be on day 85 85 yeah <laughs> not that that's me but just yeah. hypothetically that's kind of what it's like how about your water drinking you're talking a really big game at the new year about like oh i'm gonna drink so much water every day <laughs> yeah just everyone you could find you were just telling about was how i much no <laughs> i think you were the only thing you could talk about you know i'm definitely consuming water through coffee still <laughs> i mean isn't okay. it pretty much water that's what we've identified uh, i really don't think it is here's the thing and people are like no no you'll get used to it when you drink more water, you have to use the restroom more. Yeah. Just so locked in and focused. I, I got to be devoted to the office hours and to the home hours. I can't be taking a it's break. No time ever. to spare. Yeah. I can't Throws be taking a break routine. every hour. You know, also, you know, we have a little water, like. Say that word again. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, what is that system we have that dispenses it? It's like a dis. You know, like a water a, cooler. Yeah, sure. It's an office so, water cooler. Yeah. I mean, I would be using a bunch of those resources. Oh, yeah. We no, don't want to have to increase. Yeah. This I is mean, your tithe. This might as well be my tithe <laughs> to the parish. So uh, pretty similar. Um, so, you know, it's going. Mm. Like there's times that I see water on a daily basis. <laughs> Which is an improvement. Yeah, but I don't really. After the flood at Barclay, I don't want to see water oh, anymore. Oh, here it is. And, You're triggered now. And also last night, I oh, went by the, the new house, and because the old house is like done, signed off on, oh, good. no more ownership okay. of it. May somebody else enjoy it. Gets <laughs> flattened <laughs> by a tornado. Yeah, I, I was waiting for all these storms here. I'm like. This would be my luck if our old house is like a day away and gets like hail damage or <laughs> blows down. <laughs> it's like blown down in a tornado. But anyway, so our new house, though, there was like this area that I patch up me and my older my older brother came back in from Maryland because he's like a living saint. Um, his name is Dante and mm. like the Inferno. Yeah. And and the Purgatorio <clears throat> and Paradiso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, and so he came back in to help me. We finished, like, repairing Barclay, then moved on to the new house, which, you know, needed to be painted, toilet, like everything, right? Fixed this massive place that had a leak that we had tested with the inspector to see. But it's like, you know... I don't want to confuse you with housing stuff. You can see my eyes glazing over already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're checking your uh, email, all of this. And so um, essentially... Signed up for Twitter just to start scrolling. <laughs> there's a leak essentially in the new house. So I got to identify that with a roofer or a masonry person. I don't know because it's on like the side <clears throat> where it's a Tudor house. Do you know what a Tudor house is? Yeah, like the Victorians stuff sure t-u-d-o-r yeah they call it a tudor house because it has like parts so it's like mostly brick but then there's this part where it's like stucco and wood oh. framing that like makes a you know thing mm. a design but yeah. the wood framing i don't think they put flashing behind it 
you know. Yeah. No, that's a such a rookie mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no flashing. <laughs> so maybe we'll hire you to paint our roof. I am a house painter. You are. Yeah, I've, had, to, I've had training. So maybe people don't know this, but in Bermuda, mm-hmm. they paint the roofs. It's true. Why? It's true. So let me explain. <laughs> There's no time. Let me sum up. <laughs> um, in Bermuda, there is no natural source of fresh water. No lakes, no streams. There's some brackish water. Uh, in caves Which, under in the case island. you don't know what brackish is, it's like fresh water and you salt can't water yeah. meeting, right? You yeah. can't drink it, yeah. Um, it's like brine. Yeah. And uh, you can use that for some stuff, but you can't drink it. And so the whole um, fresh water availability in Bermuda comes from rainwater. And so each house is equipped with a tank underneath the house and... <laughs> that tank has treads and can move around. No, like a water tank. Um, yeah, yeah, I was saying. And, <laughs> and it's huge. It's like a swimming pool under your house. And the roofs are made of stone, and they're painted with this, like, concrete, white paint mixture. Um, so so that your water has a little bit of concrete and yeah, paint that's, mixed in with it? <laughs> no, it's meant to, like, keep it clean. And is it? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's a paint mixture too. Um, and uh, do you think that keeps it clean fully? Well, you have to you have to wash the roof every couple of years with like a power washer uh-huh. uh, to get the the mildew off. Is it angled or flat? It's angled, but like it's shallow also, angle. No, it's like stepped, mm. stepped. It's a stepid stone structure. That's a thing in Israel, uh, archaeological site. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a uh, it's steeped, stepid, <laughs> stepped, um, and they're angled, and it runs into these gutters, and the gutters go through a filtration system into the big tank under your house, and that's your fresh water. So you do have to repaint those every ten years or so, mm. and that's one of the things that I did as a teenager. I would also paint the inside and the outside of the house. But um, that's weird. I had this crazy dream that I had like a 3000 square foot home I needed to get painted. And most of my friends have reached out in help besides (laughs) one of my best friends (laughs) or any of my priest friends friends. quickly disappear who all disappear and also say, if you need unskilled labor, I'm like, wait, what has the church gained? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I know how to paint. I know the techniques. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. It's been a while, but I can, uh, yeah, can go just back. Get back on. Get yeah, back maybe we should try that out. Get back on. You know. Yeah, I'll, I'll end up painting your roof. Yeah, you'll <laughs> be like, hey, look at this. Costing you, know, you thousands of dollars. Probably <laughs> knowing Capel, they would come and find me because yeah, you didn't like like day one. Yeah, didn't didn't get a permit authorization or whatnot. The best story of my life is when we replaced our fence and the city of Coppell came out to <laughs> inspect it. And literally the guy like put his hand on one of the metal poles and like kind of like shook it. I was like, yep, seems good. <laughs> like, wait, I paid 150 bucks for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a fence inspection looks like. <laughs> he didn't he didn't like measure how high it was. No, didn't have, nothing. Like, nothing. Like a because, level and a tape. Yeah, measure, because actually Coppell it has a shorter fence 
like mm. standard than some other places. Some other places allow 10 foot fence, but Capel only allows eight foot fences. I don't know why, but yeah, so. I don't know. that's not high enough for uh, cats. Cats will jump over it. <laughs> there you go. You have to make a special request. All right, let's jump into it. We got a question today that I think is going to be intriguing because we come probably from bo- different sides on this topic. Uh, it's about Baptist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's <laughs> about. Say, I'm out. I'm done with this. <laughs> we baptize you. Um, so, uh, n- no name. So, no name suggests. Classic. Yep. What do you all think about music in church today, especially yeah. in the Mass? I've noticed that many churches use various types, ranging from praise and worship, 70s folk songs to antiphons and chant organ. Do y'all think there should be more uniformity with the music we <clears throat> use for mass and perhaps a variety or perhaps the variety is good. I know the church has a preference for chant and organ, but do those have to be used in every church at every mass? Or do y'all think there's a compromise that can be made between those and modern music that's used I don't know you if y'all talk music in the liturgy, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Man, that's such a hot button issue. So exciting. So exciting. Just going to alienate all of our friends. <laughs> I'm friends with church musicians now. I have people I can alienate with, uh, with my opinions. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There, there are a really wide variety of opinions on this. And there's also mm-hmm. different church documents people appeal to. And then there's like the custom of the place. It's, it's really hard sometimes to have like something objective that everyone's pointing to. It's right. like, yep, this is what we do and why. That doesn't go into like subjective world anywhere because music is such a, an important thing mm-hmm. um, on a subjective level. And and then sometimes you get people who are like, who are like, uh, everything is too over emotional. So I'm going to like overreact the other way and say like true faith only lives in the intellect. And so we should have nothing that stirs the emotions whatsoever. You're talking in regards to praise and worship, right? That's often painted that way. Yeah. But not the only thing. Yeah. Um, and and so like there's all sorts of different stuff. I like chant a lot, and so I've got that going, yeah, um, to throw into the mix. But I also like I've really come around to like that not being the only thing, mm-hmm. and the importance of like I don't know meeting the people where they're at. I'm trying not to be cliche with that. Yeah. We would say that all the time as a cliche in some yeah. but there's no other phrase I can think of. I, um, like I, I, I think, <clears throat> okay, let me, let me go this direction on it. As a starting point, a punto di partenza. Punto di partenza. Yeah. Uh, as a starting point, I think it's similar to the way I try and explain um, using books for prayer. Um, when when I teach someone how to pray, um, like how to how to make a a time of personal prayer, a time that's consecrated just to be alone with God, um, I normally tell them like 
it's pretty helpful to start by reading a book, a spiritual book. Uh, the scriptures are great. <laughs> um, you can use a rosary for this as well, but mm-hmm. reading like something to recollect your mind and to elevate your thoughts to God. That's the point of the book. And when it's achieved that purpose, you close the book because now you've been drawn into sort of silent intimacy with the Lord. And that's the point of prayer. Right. I think there's a a similarity with what music should be doing in the liturgy, that it's there to engage us um, Mm -hmm. and to recollect us in a way. Recollection doesn't have to be boring. It's a word that may sound boring to people, but like, like to take our attention and to focus it. Right. And to elevate that attention, like you can focus it in a whole lot of different places, but it seems like it ought to be focused at God (laughs) in the liturgy. Right. Um, Music plays a really important part in doing that. And I think it can do it in several different ways. But if it's not at least trying to do that, Mm -hmm. I think it's that there's something mistaken a little bit from the beginning. Um, that like maybe the music is done really well and it's really beautiful, but it, if it's not focused on like leading us deeper into prayer, into that recollected and elevated attention given to God as a community, right? then I don't know. I, I think maybe it's uh, that there's, there's something um, mistaken. So, that's, that's my departure point for right. this. So, I, <laughs> well, I'm fine if someone says, you know, for me personally, I prefer chant, or I prefer the organ, or I prefer, you know, a scola choir, and I prefer uh, praise and worship and a guitar. Um, what I'm often frustrated by. Anybody who prefers seventy folk music, you can just get out of here. That's yeah. That, you might watch that one's right now. <laughs> I, Unfortunately, that's like that's like a lot of people's experience of church music. True, true. And, Which I think uh, the first standard is we should have not a fan. Yeah, but we should have high quality good music, right? Um, yeah. Now, in addition, I don't understand and get frustrated at both sides, and I do it as well, of the people that just die on the hill to be like, this is the only way. This is not like the we baptize you or I baptize you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is somebody telling me there was an organ at the Last Supper? Like (laughs) this, like, do this in memory of me, and it was like... Has anyone ever told you that? Like, no, but people make it sound like it's... Yeah, like... (laughs) I have had people say like, oh, well, it's been around at the first masses. And I was like, was it? The organ? Yeah. No, no, the whole point of the organ is that it, when it was invented, and I don't know exactly when that was, but it's it's an early medieval thing, I think, in some forms, and then it hits its heyday. What is BCE? It's the same I've thing. Never, as, it's I've the never seen that way before. Of writing BC. No way. Yeah. That is the first time I've ever seen that in my life. BC means before Christ, right? But if you're doing AD it, BC, but everybody there, knows. there was kind of a yeah. Uh, 
Anno Domini and Before Christ. But um, but if you do it BCE, it's Before Common Era. It sort of expands it so like people who aren't Christian. Wikipedia says organs were invented in the third century BC. Some predecessor to like <laughs> like not like not like the organ not the pipe chart. organ. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got you. I got um, you. But you know, th- so I do have people that are like, oh, go ahead. You were explaining about the organ. Oh, no. Like the point of it is that it closely resembles the human voice more so than other instruments because of ju- even in the way it, it works mm-hmm. with like sound going yeah. through pipes. That's right. the same kind of thing. And um, I think. I'm going through our windpipe. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. That correlation. It's, it's not like. Not like a string vibrating, right? right? That's a different way. Not a reed vibrating either. It's sound going through pipes. And so it's close to the human voice. And so I think there was this this emphasis at some point, <laughs> very generic, in the church's history um, on like the human voice um, as the instrument the ideal instrument for praising god and that if we're going to use other artificial instruments then they ought to resemble that as closely as possible i think that's where the organ gets its yeah but that's not church doctrine right Uh, doctrine is a really strong word (laughs) like it's not like necessary (laughs) for the defense of like the, when I get up to heaven, is St. Peter going to say, you cl- didn't like the organ? <laughs> it's not like like denying one of the two natures of Christ um, united in the one sec- My thing is, person. people are more passionate about this than knowing the precepts of the church. Like, well, because like music really is, affects people. It, it does affect it, people in the same way. It's a make I or mean, break thing. Like, like bad music can really, or mediocre music, which is often worse... Uh, I, I don't know about uh, that actually, but um, bad music can really yeah, make but it people hard. put up with it a lot. They do put it like you most can get churches, to it, I guess, but it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, and so <clears throat> I feel like though the the hill most people die on is I don't want a guitar or drums in the church, or I only want organ. I feel like that's what this boils down to. Yeah. And that's where I get really frustrated to say, no, I, I do feel that like when I am the closest to the Holy spirit and, and living in the spirit and that like, yeah, it's certain praise and worship music that like, like helps me enter into that prayer in the same way. And, um, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to be a fan of the organ, but the people that I respect it, I respect what it does. I respect like churches that are only like organ churches, but I feel like it's frustrating the divide on it of there doesn't seem to be much mutual respect going on in this topic. It's you're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if, if things are really so clear, even even when people will like appeal to certain documents, I'm not sure if it's if it's just so cut and dry that that you can really start excluding things as like these are wrong definitively. 
Um, mm-hmm. But let me play devil's advocate a little bit because I don't normally do that. Um, All right, let's hear it. So I've really come around a lot on praise and worship music mm-hmm. and on appreciating the value of it for that thing I talked about, right? Recollecting you and leading you up into uh, contemplation of God, uh, right. into prayer. Um, however, when you start really like going big on praise and worship music, it does start to look more like a band. Um, okay. Right? Like you start adding a whole lot of instruments. They have to really work hard together. Mm-hmm. And it looks less like sort of a tool that's used to lead you into contemplation that then goes away and more like a band that draws attention to itself. How's that different than a scola that practices and draws attention to itself based off of like the group being like that scola is amazing, not yeah. I'm able to enter in. Wouldn't that be the same thing of any well-practiced group? Oh, I don't know necessarily. Also, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to shift a lot of topics right now. Um, <laughs> classic argument of strategy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to address your counterclaim. And let me uh, move to something else. But um, I know drums can set people off because... What like, do you mean by set people off? Like, make people... F- irritated because they feel distracted because drums can have a really (laughs) powerful beat right um which like not every beat seems equally adept at leading people into musicians are probably cringing at our (laughs) (laughs) it's a really weird thing to talk about because this happens in biblical studies sometimes uh when someone feels like they're losing an argument, sometimes they'll be like, well, you just don't know the original language right. well enough. And then no one feels like they can they can say anything. And uh, I have heard the drum point before. And for me, I feel like, yes, like I've been around times of like praise and worship where the drum was too much. And mm-hmm. that's where I feel like just as much as like you, like there's people that are, sound engineers and technique like i feel like the drums add in but like i wouldn't die on the hill of the drums personally Mm -hmm. i get offended when people say they're not allowed because it's a satanic thing oh i wasn't gonna go there right um i was just gonna go more like if it makes could be distracting if it makes me feel like i'm in a club i feel like it's doing the wrong thing because it's such a heavy do 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 right um (laughs) is that most praise and worship songs like uh, do, it can do, be. Do, do, do. It can be. <laughs> Equivalent um, to club music? Just, Are you literally <laughs> comparing like oceans no, uh, to club music? <laughs> oceans is the uh, is the height of all. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> I don't even like oceans that much, and I'm like I'm surprised you brought up. I know, um, but I'm just like. I'm, <laughs> Like, isn't that the same, though, of some person who's playing the organ poorly that it's like, like, we've all been there and it's been like, this is atrocious. Yeah. So I think it's like, I'm okay. (laughs) I feel like I'm trying to thread a needle here. Um, You're not going to offend me. I'm already offended. No, I just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm offended too. I was offended first, so I get to. Be on the, the moral high ground. Um, with the, like, everything has its own excess, right? 
Like if it's going to go wrong, it goes wrong a certain way. Yeah. When praise and worship music goes wrong, it starts to look really secular. Okay. When organ music goes wrong, it starts to look... <laughs> just poor music. <laughs> just poor music. So is one and, better than the other? Well, I mean, one might be less bad at its worst <laughs> moment. Or or like it... Like I can see why people like get more fired up about um, feeling like they're at a rock concert. Um when the drums are too heavy and there's electric guitar going on in a way which isn't conducive to prayer, you know, people, like, like you, yeah, you, you know no, what I mean. Like I, I when it goes bad, it goes in that direction. It makes people feel like they're not at church. Mm-hmm. When organ music goes bad, it makes people feel like there's a bad organist. But you know what I think that leans into? It leans into the fact that like. People will say that comment, like, I feel like more I'm at a rock concert. Well, I see more emotion from you at a rock concert than I ever do mm-hmm. praising the Lord. Yeah. And I do think there is somewhat of a, yeah, like somewhat of a, let me sit back and this should be something like just beautiful. I li-. like, I do not see part, St. Anne's has a high participation, I feel like in the liturgy mm-hmm. of people singing. I was attracted um, to that when Nikki and I were looking at this and discerning if we were going to go from the church I was a youth minister at to St. Anne's. And it was something that drew us in at the youth mass. I was like, man, people sing here. People like lift their voices to the Lord. People praise the Lord. People are engaged in the liturgy. And I feel like that's the bigger thing than like when they're like, yeah, it's just like a rock concert. I'm like, well, I wish at times it was a little bit more like a rock concert or a like a sporting event where it evokes some emotion out of you because you can do that. You can go to a concert and sing your guts out, but you won't open your mouth in church. Mm. Like now I get what you're saying. Like we do not want, like this should not be like, yeah, the halftime show and like that, you know, type of entertainment. I totally a hundred percent agree, but I feel like that lays claim into like what people are being like. They just want to sit back and be like, I just want to hear something beautiful. I just want to hear oh, right, oh, and, it, and I'm like, yeah. And there's so I don't like orchestral masses. I don't know if you've ever been to to one of those. Yes, because in that's, Salzburg. That's the wow. Okay, <laughs> like you, like you went to the the, went the to real the, thing, <laughs> not just like some knockoff on our semester abroad. They yeah yeah yeah. So. <laughs> like that's a step over from Vienna. And I feel like there's no place bigger. Um, Mozart, baby. Yeah. Uh, I don't really, I mean, they're just not really my thing. It it feels right. it feels like a performance, right? Um, that I'm there to enjoy, and people afterwards will be like, "Wasn't that a great performance?" Right. And so it's like it's that same thing of sort of, it's not really doing the thing where it's leading me deeper into prayer and then fading away. That's also it's, and look, I'm not I'm not saying like only mm-hmm. chance mm-hmm. uh I'm, I'm really not i don't think that's i i wish everyone loved chant but right. but i don't think everyone's there and it it is kind of an acquired taste and it is like mm-hmm. it takes a, when you get into it um i think it's awesome but but like one of the good things about chant is that it really well <laughs> most of the time um 
like it draws out a deeper meaning to the words. So you have the words, which are normally some scriptural antiphon, something yeah. taken from scripture. Right. And then you have the music added in such a way that it doesn't obscure the words, but rather draws out something deeper from them. Right. Um, and so it's like better than just reading. Mm-hmm. I have come across that in praise and worship music. I'll right. say it. Like I have seen that before. Just declare this in front <laughs> of everybody. Um, this is the snippet I'm going to cut out. Oh gosh. <laughs> like Father Paul Becker for said. our promo. Yeah. <laughs> Play it on network TV. Like an SNL promo or something. Um like I've seen that before in other things. I feel like that's what we're going for. That's that sort of the music is supporting the prayer. It's leading people into prayer. That's the point yes. of being there. That's the point. That's the point of going to Mass is to worship God. Mm-hmm. And it's got to lead us into that. And if it's right. and if it's not doing that, if it's leading us into itself, um, whether it's leading us into itself as like I feel like I'm at a a, a rock concert or I feel like I'm in <laughs> some orchestral house somewhere. Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, right. different emotions get evoked there and people might react differently, but it still feels like they're not leading you in the right direction. Right. And that's, I think that's the hill that I would, if I were pastor somewhere, that would be my my guiding principle. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of excluding just a priori, like before the fact, mm-hmm. um, anything i do think some things are more conducive to to that than others right um but it seems like if it's not doing that and if it if it would be really hard like unattainable mm-hmm. <laughs> practically for it to do that also unattainable in the sense right we've both heard people that have tried chant that are really bad at it and oh, it's yeah. almost distracting no, it's in the not, point of like the priest yeah. being like no this is what we're going for and i'm like my ideal, I'll just, I'll be transparent, is a priest who knows how to chant, that the the mass parts, all of those things are chanted, and that there is a combination with praise and worship of of time during, you know, communion, uh, entrance, closing, but like really the blend of, I mean, that yeah. would be my ideal. That's, Unfortunately, you don't seem to get both, you know? Well, um, yeah, you do need a lot of talent and creativity from people if right. they're going to do that. And like, like, did Cur- you even Curtis, have to take a class on chant? Do, do uh, priests do have, that? You you don't have to. You should. Um, I sang in the scola, and that was how I learned how to sing. I used to be afraid of hearing my own voice, and I would like sing really low. As one of those people. And now you re-listen to the podcast to hear your voice. You yeah, know. it's just the dulcet tones. Um, <laughs> Like for my for my first mass at St. Anne back in 2016, mm-hmm. um, like Curtis did something really cool. I liked it a lot. He he knows that I come from like sort of more tratty place. Yeah. Um, Curtis is our music minister for yeah, non St. Anne's yeah, people. Anne. Um, for the world viewers, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, all the universal viewers, um, viewers, listeners, and and so he he did something like he wrote some stuff just for that where like he started with a chant anaphon as we processed in and blended it into something or no how'd it go started with um with something kind of contemporary but but like really powerful 
and then it sort of blended into the chant anaphon uh, as we got up to the altar and started incensing the altar. Mm. Like I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and it had that effect of like, this is not a normal thing. Yeah. We're not at something that's like anything else. We're in God's house. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I know that just to throw out some more names, I know Dave Moore like really, really goes for that. Um, trying to like, I don't know if I've heard him use this quote, but this, this idea, the scriptural quote of like the, the trained scribe is the one who can bring things old and new out of the storehouse at the appropriate time. Um, I think that there's something of that in, Mm. in what we're describing about like what we'd like to see from music, this ability to draw on different traditions at times, but for this, for this purpose, (laughs) right. Um, of leading people deeper into prayer. And so right. bringing everything captivity in, into captivity to Christ is another way to put it. Uh, right. Scriptural. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, and, and like not everything is created equal. I've said that many times now. Um, and so it, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think it's a problem of our world overall. That is, we just have to, and I, I do it as well. Um, one person has to be right and one person has to be wrong. And it just seems like we keep on repeating this where like, you know me, I'm all about like black and white. I'm about like, this is, this is right. And this is wrong. Um, but on topics like this, I do, I wish we got down to the fact of saying, let's just have some more dialogue on it and healthy dialogue and be able to come to a middle place here. But it seems like both camps are so diabolically opposed to each other. It does. You get the tribalism, which, which really can be vicious sometimes. Right. Um, And that's obviously not good. It's, it's not good for, this is not like saying, Hey, women should be priests and that like, this is not a topic like that. You know what I mean? Like with that, you can be vicious. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've lost all listeners. (laughs) No, but there's, there's there's one more little thing. Yeah. Go for it. Which I think is interesting. Close it out. Uh, Sometimes I don't know if it's the greatest closing point, but I came across something, (laughs) something really interesting. I'll save it in the, (laughs) in the Ordo the other day, Mm -hmm. which is the Ordo is the thing that, um, that tells the priest like what mass parts to use, right? Or if there's if there is a like some options he has to choose from. Um, and I was looking at the fourth Sunday of Lent, which is called Laetari Sunday, Sunday um, which means rejoice. It's the other Latin word for rejoice. Gaudete is the one. It's in where you wear Advent. pink. Yes, it's the one where we wear pink. Um, rose, rose, rose. It's the color, whatever. Um, and it said in the Ordo that on this day, Laetare Sunday, Rejoice Sunday, where it's kind of like Easter is, is in sight and there's a little, it, it said you can put flowers by the altar and you can use instruments <laughs> for music at mass. And I was like, oh, <laughs> nice. so, so what does that mean about the rest of Lent? And right. I don't. 
I'm not throwing that out there as some club to be like, like, look, all these places that have flowers and instruments during Lent or like doing it wrong and this is the only right way. But just to say like there is some vision somewhere right. of like things that are appropriate for particular liturgical seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's part of this as well is um, yeah, like the liturgical seasons are particular modes of leading us into prayer and worship of the one true God. Right. And we want everything to kind of, to kind of flow along that mode and right. to be appropriate to that mode. And so in Lent where we cut back on a lot of things and take sort of a more just we're in the desert kind of tone. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting that the church is like, even the art and music of the church, of the liturgy like changes to reflect that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's, I think one of the beautiful things about trying to like live the liturgy in a way in your own life, just to, to look into like, does your own life reflect that Lenten spirit? Yeah. Um, and also does the parish liturgy actually reflect that? Right. Um, are we even trying to, Right. Uh, is it worthwhile trying to? I think yeah. so. So if okay. Father Paul offended you today, you can uh, write the bishop. That's Bishop Edward Burns. Yeah, or, or write us at <laughs> prodigalandthepriest <laughs> at gmail.com. Or stanamparish.org <laughs> slash PTP. <laughs> no, I love the question. It was a great topic. It I love was. It. I love it was. It. I probably alienated all my friends. No, um, no, not all of them. We're still friends. Yeah. If you come help me paint. Only the roof. I'll just paint the roof. <laughs> oh, my roof. <laughs> All right. On behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless. <laughs>